0: Hello and welcome to this Talking Dogs. I'm Graham Hall, although perhaps you know me better as the Dog Father. I've been working with dogs for more than 10 years and for the last few of those years I've been helping exasperated dog owners on TV's dogs behaving very badly. I'm determined to make sure as many humans and dogs as possible live happy lives together and that's why I'm bringing even more advice and the odd funny story to you on this podcast. Today I've got two Romanian rescue dogs and a -a cockapoo to talk about because I have a feeling all their seemingly different problems can be tackled by focusing on one thing, your leadership skills. I want to talk you through how to be the leader of your dog pack and that might mean a little bit of what you think is tough love if you're the type of person who likes to spoil your dog. What that doesn't mean though is being a bully. There's a big difference. Let's have a think about what kind of leadership dogs respond to the best and why. Actually, I'm going to let you into a little secret. It's pretty much the same as the kind of leadership that most of us respond to, i.e. we don't like it when people go over the top bullying and screaming and shouting and respect my authority and all that kind of thing. But we also don't like people who are a wet weekend, really. We, We need sort of guidance. We need somebody to sort of set the direction we're going. It needs to be nice and clear and it needs to be consistent. If that rings any bells, you've heard people talking about dog training and consistency since, well, since Barbara Woodhouse was a girl. Have a think about the best boss that you ever worked with, right? Or uh, if you're a student, perhaps the best teacher you can bring to mind, the one that had sort of just a nice, calm control of that classroom and everybody was learning stuff. That best leader was probably somebody who was was calm, didn't have to scream and shout to get things done, was very clear at what they thought was going to happen next. Right? Mm-hmm. They had a really good idea of what their rules were, and they could communicate that to everybody in a way that was really clear. So you would say of a boss like that, yeah, you know where you stand with him or her. You know, nice person, nice to be with, interestingly, attractive in the genuine sense of the word, that people are attracted towards them like magnets. But you wouldn't want to mess with them either Um, and then everybody realizes that actually nobody's seen anybody be that stupid because you would know that you were you you were going to cross a line so there was never any need for any certainly no retribution that kind of thing so that comes from having a very good idea of what you think the rules are and applying them consistently all the time but also really you need to be the one with your dog in particular that's leading things, that takes the initiative, and not the one that's been told what to do by your dog all the time. People talk about being a pack leader quite a lot, and I think it's got itself a bad name. So it's a phrase that I, to be honest, shy away from a little bit because people are inclined to think if you're talking about being a pack leader, you're talking about dominance and and, and ruling with a rod of iron, so to speak, and all that kind of thing. And it's it's absolutely not about that. But a leader whether you're a human or a dog is the one that others want to follow, want to follow notice willingly. Yeah. So why is it kinder to set boundaries? Well, because then we all know where we stand. If you're really clear with your dog, no, don't do that. Yes. Do do this. Then that helps. It's actually kinder to set those boundaries and stick to those rules. Cause then we all know where we stand. So let's have a talk about what happens when you spoil a dog. And what do I mean by spoil a dog, right? Basically, give them everything they want all the time right? Uh, we know what a spoiled child looks like. So in the dog world, it boils down to, yeah, give, give me a treat. Yeah, go on then. Um, here, play with me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, throw, throw this ball for me. Yeah, okay. Bring it back. Throw it again. Throw it again. Throw it again. I'm trying to say, I'm trying to watch the text Throw it again. Okay. Um, food time. Food time. Food time. Six o'clock. Okay. Yeah. All right then. Yeah. Look, walkies. Walkies. Okay. It's walkies time. I know. So that's a dog, when you think about it, leading the situation. That's a dog taking the initiative. A great question to ask yourself is in any situation when you're interacting with a dog, who's leading this and who's following? And you'll often find that the dog's really clever at working out how to lead you and you will willingly follow. It really ought to be the other way around. So of course I'm not saying never fuss your dog. Um, I'm not saying never feed your dog. Of course, never take your dog for walks. That would be ridiculous. I am saying do it on your terms. So if your dog comes up and says, for example, here's a good one um, toilet, toilet, let me out, let me out the back door, I need to go to the toilet. The way to think of it is, okay, overnight you can go for about eight hours. You can certainly go for a couple of minutes until the commercials come on the telly, so you'll just have to wait. So you, you know that thing? I remember being in the back of the car as a kid on the way to holiday. It's like, Mum, Dad, we need to go to the toilet. Well, we've just passed the services. You'll just have to wait. It's 15 miles to the next one. And sure enough, we waited and that was fine. <laughs> it could be a bit like that with your dog. The principle, of course, is it's like, no, no, I'll do that in a minute. So you can wait for a couple of minutes. I don't need to get to that French door in a few seconds just because you told me to. Because you can begin to see what happens there, can't you? Many, many times a day, dog says to you, Here, you, human, do this. Yeah, okay, dog. Do that. Okay, dog. Do that. Okay, dog. And then later on, they do something that you don't like. You're trying to tell them off. The dog's looking at you thinking, Oh, I think you'll find you do what I tell you. There's a little urban myth around leadership, which is you always have to go through a door or a gate first. Hmm. Now, because I've said urban myth, you can probably see where I'm going with this one. I don't think it's quite like that. It's not who goes through the door first. It's who decides who's going to go first. So back in the day when I had two big Rottweilers and a, and, a, and a Land Rover and a sort of double cage in the back of the Land Rover, there was no way I was jumping in the back of that cage in the back of the car before I got the dogs in, just to prove a point, ridiculous. Obviously I sent them, but they didn't jump in until I asked them either. So they'd be sat there sitting nicely, bless them, open the door, go on then, here you go, and in they go. But I led that, even though I wasn't in front. So it's not who went through first, it's who decided it. Okay, let's put some of this into practice then with our two Romanian rescues. Firstly, the thing to remember about rescues from abroad is the environment they'll have been used to. Now, we don't know what's happened to them previously. And in the case of lots of the Romanian dogs they have been on the street or or perhaps even born in a shelter, they haven't really had what we would think of as a normal pet dog upbringing, that's for sure. Some of the street dogs have had to fight for food as well. So that can bring all sorts of issues. Their sort of formative months were just survival. Right. Protect yourself. Be suspicious of anyone who comes near. If you're fighting for your survival, you're eating to survive with every bit of scrap of food you can find on the street. You are going to fight anyone else for that food just to stay alive. You see everybody as a threat. So by definition, the dogs that, that we've rescued are the survivors in that case. So they did really well at protecting their food. Uh, they did well of, of either avoiding people in, in a kind of nice way, you might say, or getting rid of people who came towards them. So. Often, those are the issues that we're dealing with because that's what the dog-learned life was about. So first up, Liz emailed me about her two-year-old Romanian rescue. She was born and raised in a shelter and had no history of reactivity with either people or dogs. However, since she came to live with us in September 2020, she's been quite reactive. She barks and raises hackles at visitors and grumbles at people and dogs walking past the house when we're in the front garden. We're trying to reward good behaviour with treats. fair enough, but she isn't food motivated, Ah, not so good. And sometimes if I get the timing wrong, it feels like I'm rewarding her for unwanted behavior. You're probably right. Do you have any ideas on how I might train her to ignore people and dogs and not bark and grumble at visitors? okay Liz so your dog wasn't out on the streets fending for herself but she knows no other environment than the shelter and all the, the, the people that are running these shelters are of, of course good people and want the best for the dogs by definition it's not the best environment you, you're surrounded by lots of other dogs that are really anxious so she came to you and inside everything was fine so she's got to your place got feet under the table and gone hey this is good i've um followed my feet here this is great i need to protect this so so in the house good anything else or anybody who comes into the house as an invader right bad news as far as she's concerned so the first thing that we need to do is is establish who the leader is here and of course it should be you now this is interesting because we're talking about leadership with the dog that's nervous now often people think oh if you're going to be the pack leader it's all about dominating a dog who's a bit bossy themselves No, the dogs that need leadership the most are the ones that are really scared and looking for somebody else to look up to Think about your first day at school. First day at big school, right? Bit scary, more than a bit. You're looking around and thinking, I don't know how things work around here. I I don't know if I'm going to get myself in trouble. So you're kind of looking to other people that you can latch on to a little bit. And particularly if there's somebody who knows the way here, um, you'll follow their lead, won't you? Because it makes you feel good. So that's what, I'm trying to get across here so Liz you need to be the one that she's looking up to so she thinks okay mum if you're saying this is okay then it's okay even though I'm nervous first things first I'm not surprised she's not taking food from you when she's nervous because as as you rightly say if you get the timing wrong you'll be rewarding unwanted behaviour anyway but also I don't think she's going to take that food because she's nervous right we do need to teach her that visitors are good, right? Because at the moment her thought is visitors are bad and even anybody who walks past the door or the the window is bad news. So let's make sure she's a bit on the hungry side. So perhaps you've only given her half of her breakfast this morning and you know you've got a visitor coming round and you need to brief your visitor in advance to, to best be able to help you. So the best thing they can do when they come in is ignore her. Now any dog lover will always want to approach a dog that they think looks scared, even if they're barking, you know? It's like, oh, bless it. it's all right, come here, darling, it's all right, I'm all right, look, I'm all right. And a great big hand comes down towards her and it, it's all going horribly wrong from her point of view. So they need to come in and do the non-threatening thing, which is just be there. So probably the best advice I can give you is get them to not do anything, just be. The first time she stops grumbling, and it may take a while, get the visitors to to offer her a treat. now. I'm not suggesting that we make her come towards the scary person in the first place. Get them inside, perhaps get them sat down, because they're gonna be less imposing that way, less scary. Once she begins to sort of settle down, they could roll a tree across the floor in her general direction if she takes it great if not that's fine now remember the worst thing you can do with a nervous dog is pull them forward and force them to say hello and that sounds obvious when I say that but it is a mistake that happens a lot because people are like come on come on it's okay it's only Fred he's a nice man come on come on you know she's like no 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 I'm pulling away so don't do that it needs to be despite what I'm saying about leadership this one does need to be on her terms in the sense that there's a, a treat bounce towards it. She comes forward and goes, Yeah, okay, I'll take that. Fair enough. The key thing about this technique is that in order to get the treat, she has to come forward a little bit. So she's maybe just moving an inch or two forward towards that scary person and getting a treat. And of course, the, the, the connection we're making here is look, this person is prepared to give you some of their food, but you've got to do something to get it, which is not much, just move forward a tiny little bit. The things that we're trying to reward are curiosity. So we don't want the the visitor walking around the house when the dog's grumbling and growling, because that's gonna make the association that the person's gonna leave if she grumbles. So the message is nice and clear. Going back to that clarity thing in leadership, your message, if you could speak to her in doggy Romanian, would be, it's okay, this person isn't a threat. I'm all right with them. So your demeanor, by the way, is quite important right? And you'll discover that grumbling and growling will not make them leave. That's not going to happen. But on the other hand, if you just calm down, you might discover that they're a nice person, really. But it puts you in a leadership role. You are the one now in control of what's happening. Well, I promised you two Romanian rescues, and here's our second. This one lives with Julie in North Lanarkshire in Scotland. Jack has issues with my nine year old daughter. For example, when it comes to meal times, he doesn't let her near the kitchen or the dining table. When she approaches the kitchen, he sometimes snaps at her. There's also been a few occasions when he, he snapped at her simply because she's approached me. He's marked her leg, hand, and most recently her face. We've tried having our daughter walk around with treats and treating him so that he sees her as a positive rather than a negative. This doesn't always work. When our meals get put on the dining table, Jack starts to shake. He looks at my daughter as a threat to his food and a threat to me, his new mummy. Any advice would be much appreciated. Thank you. Well, Julie, I'm thinking to myself, he's come from Romania. He's ended up in North Lanarkshire and he's thinking, OK, this is how we speak then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we've got a collie cross who speaks with a scottish accent half, half scottish and half romanian <laughs> i love scotland can't wait to get back right let's talk about jack jack can't get out of the habit of warning people away from food right so he's seeing your daughter i think perhaps there's a bit of a leak, weak link in the chain maybe he's decided that your daughter he can get rid of and get, get her away from the food so bless him every time the food's going down he's starting to shake because he's like ah, oh. and, and shaking interestingly is often a sign that the brain's doing two things at once so in one sense he's going go forward get the food need to survive food 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 in the other sense he's going whoa bad things happen when food goes down bad things happen I'm scared right back off so in very quick order the shaking that you're seeing is his brain, in a sense, going, go forward, go back, go forward, go back, go forward, go back. So we need to turn that around in a nice way. Sometimes it's really difficult to pick out why a dog might be listening to one person on or not the other. It seems, from what you're saying, that um, he really has picked up on, yeah, you're his new sort of dog mummy, you're OK, he's going to look up to you. But quite wrongly, really, he's decided that your daughter's a threat and he's going to get rid so we need to get across to him that no actually um, she's fine she's allowed to be around and she's not a threat now the way to do this i think is to tackle that last bit that your daughter is not a threat so i've got a nice little technique for you we're going to put an empty bowl down right normally you put a bowl down it's got food in it, it so if he goes towards his his food and starts to eat anybody approaching the bowl he reasonably assumes is going to take his food away from him. So there's a conflict there already. So let's take away the conflict, put an empty bowl down. So he's thinking, um, hang on a minute, I think you've forgotten something, right? And then you get your daughter to walk up with a, a small handful of food and drop it in. So she's adding food. By the way, if he's still looking uh, a bit grumbly at this stage, you could start that habit going. So he begins to realise, oh, hang on a minute, if people approach my ball, they're going to give me some food they're going to add food, not take it away we've reversed everything where we want to get to is that your daughter is the one who's coming in and going, yep, yeah, there's a handful of food and then walk away again, allow him to eat it in peace, you know, and then he hangs around and goes um, uh, call that breakfast? Yeah, yeah i have a bit more so she comes back in goes, okay, you can have some more now so let's rename him, he ain't, he ain't Jack anymore, he's Oliver Twist, please sir may I have some more <laughs> yeah you may so we've taken out any potential conflict uh, we're not stood over him telling him off for growling or anything like that we're simply reprogramming him that somebody approaching your bowl and particularly your daughter is good news but we're doing this on our terms that's the nature of leadership I've also had a voice note from Maria. Um, Now, she's not a rescue. Um, That's Maria's dog, right? Not Maria. Although Maria may be a rescue, I don't know. Um, But I have a feeling the solution to this problem uh, could also come back to leadership styles. Our 18 month cockapoo has some resource guarding issues, which we are currently working on, but have recently encountered a new problem. She seems very possessive of me and can seemingly out of the blue go for my partner, even if he is just not moving and not next to me. She can be lying asleep and out of nowhere will whine and then try to attack, usually at his feet, but it can be his arms as well. We think this is because she is guarding me, so we are trying to make her less possessive of me by making sure I spend time away from her each day. So far, the problem isn't getting any better. Please, can you advise on how to manage this? Well, hello maria um now it's interesting that your dog's a -a cockapoo in the resource guarding episode i did say it's an issue that i've I've come across quite a bit with um with that breed so quite interesting now how much is guarding a human similar to guarding other objects uh, or food well actually quite similar in a way except that the humans can talk back and that can either make things worse or better the person that needs to be telling the dog off really is you okay because if your other half is doing it there's well two ways spring to mind in which he could be making it worse so if she's having a go at him and he's sort of taking the fight back to her uh, and and really telling her off. If he's over the top with his telling her off, then you can see that there's a big conflict there. So she's not backing down, he's not backing down. It's just going to spiral upwards, not down. The opposite, though, is also true. If he's looking scared or or flinching when she she lunges forward, perhaps, and that kind of thing, then that emboldens her because she thinks, ah, I'm on a winner here, right? So he's weak, I'll, I'll, I'll get rid of him. So the best thing he can do to help you is is to pretty much do nothing so I'm assuming that he's not actually getting bitten here right and it's all sort of threat but but nothing nasty so he should just basically sit there and go really yeah whatever I'm a bothered that kind of attitude right so he's not being scared of her he doesn't look weak but on the other hand he's not creating a conflict and then it's kind of over to you maria so you really need to be standing up in more ways than one here if need be get between her and him the message very much here is no you know not good (laughs) so the the command can be almost anything as long as the sound is right okay Uh, back off is probably not a bad phrase that you might use this at back off you know, because it's doo-dum. it sounds a bit like a bark, actually. But the way you deliver it needs to be not aggressively, not going at her, but also I mean it. You know, I'm your mother. Listen to me. Right. It's that sound that your mother used to make when you were really in trouble as a kid. No. And stick to your guns, you know. And then when she backs down. OK, good girl. The message is if you're calm, everybody likes it. But if not, you lose your privileges. So it could be if you're really struggling and there's loads of excitement on the go with this that you have to do a little bit of time out. So put her out of the room, let her calm down. for It doesn't need to be long, typically two or three minutes if you can hear she's calmed down. Let her back in again. She comes back in, try again, you know. But the message time and time again from you, nice and calmly, nice and assertively, is very much no, not acceptable. However, if you calm down, don't do that. Yes, good girl. So that she looks at you and thinks, do you know what? You're the leader here. I'll follow your lead. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I hope that's given you some confidence to take the lead in your household. Uh, I really want to hear about your dog and any struggles that you might be having with them. Do you feel like you've tried everything? I might just be able to suggest something new. So do send me a voice note to talkingdogs at avalonuk.com and I could be answering your question next week. Please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast so that we can meet up again very soon for some more stories and training tips. Look after yourself, your loved ones and of course, your dogs. Bye for now.